0: Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Janice Wong.
1: And I'm James Ockenden.
0: On today's program, we will look at the government's proposal to ban cannabidiol or CBD products in Hong Kong within a year after finding that a third of such items seized since 2019 contained traces of THC, the active ingredient in marijuana. Under the plan, the unauthorized manufacture, import, export, sale and recession of such items would be illegal. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on two three three eight eight two six six. Now let's uh, go to our guests. We have on the line Iris Chang the president of the Practicing Pharmacists Association of Hong Kong, Sky Siu, executive director of the Kelly Support Group, and Denise Tam, the co-founder of Heavens Please, a CBD beauty and lifestyle platform. Good morning to all of you and thanks for joining us on the program. Um, Let's uh, first go to you, Ms. Tam. Your your platform sells many CBD oil products. Uh, Can you first tell us what CBD oil is and uh, why it's been gaining popularity?
2: Good morning, Um, CBD oil is an extract from ham which has uh, various uh, benefits and potentials of healing. Um, It is neuroprotective which is great for uh, mood stabilizing. It helps with uh, depression and anxiety symptoms and it calms the mind. It's um, also useful for sleep disorders and it's also anti-inflammation. Which is great right for pain relieving and also creates a protective barrier on the skin to help uh, minimizing skin irritation and help regenerate our skin. It's also great right for anti-addiction and also anti-epileptic.
0: So, so but um, are there any are there any health hazards in the use of CBD oil? Can it cause um, addiction?
2: No, it's actually anti-addiction. According to the 2017 report from the World Health Organization conducted by their Expert Committee on Drug Dependence...
1: That's uh, pure CBD, CBD is though, a, isn't it, we're talking about here?
2: Sorry?
1: That, that's pure CBD, if you get it sort of very yeah. isolated. Yeah. So, but, the, but I think the government's issue is that a lot of these isolated products actually contain THC, which is uh, dangerous, which is addictive. So, I mean, how do you know your products don't have that, uh, that product in that? I think that's the gist of the government's uh, push here, isn't it?
2: Well, uh, CBD and THC are two different chemical compounds which can be extracted from hemp. They can be extracted separately or together, but according to different laws and regulations, uh, regulations, they, uh different countries allow a minimal and acceptable amount of THC level percent in the product, which in uh, the World Health Organization reported also said CBD is a safe and non toxic and non aggressive substance, which is generally well tolerated with a good safety profile, which does not appear to have built potential or cause harm. All
0: right, let's uh, bring in Ms. Chang. You're a pharmacist. Uh, do you have anything to add to what uh, Ms. Tam has, has been saying? Yeah,
3: I think um, for the uh, controversy uh, with the CBD and also the, uh, the uh, potential for it to be a fiction and also other side effects that it brings uh, is that how are we going to be able to regulate uh, the use of CBD and to ensure that the products are safe and effective uh, to bring benefits instead of uh, hiring uh, having higher levels of risk? I think the, uh, the point of debate uh, surrounds that. So basically, the CBD is an essential component of medical marijuana. Uh, which is being used for various indications, especially in epilepsy. Because there are conditions in epilepsy, there are no uh, other medicines uh, which can help. And there is an approved drug, the first cannabis-derived medicine that's approved by the FDA uh, for these epilepsy conditions. Also, uh, there are benefits in controlling inflammation, seizures, pain, mental disorders, nausea, migraine, depression, anxiety for the use of CBD. So the issue is how are we going to be able to regulate it so that uh, the products that's available in Hong Kong will have the CPD, uh and not the higher levels of the, the um, petrol hydro <laughs> kind of north, which we need to in the ensure that it doesn't have more than 0.3% inside that product because more than a 0.3% of THC in products will cause psychoactive uh, reactions would get people high, and long-term use will cause negative psychiatric effects, especially with adolescents.
1: But the, so the, the government the has
3: point is about regulation. Yeah,
1: yeah, the government has said that it will license and exempt uh, medical, uh, you know, prescription drugs or, or, or medicines uh, with the, with this product. We're really talking here about sort of the retail mm-hmm. market and the sort right, of the, exactly. the bottles and the oils and the gummy bears, which are which mm-hmm. are for sale. Yes, because
3: the consumers will have to be aware that uh, these products are not being highly regulated by the government. So they will have to look into the, uh, the purity of the product. And it's very difficult for consumers to do it by themselves because they cannot go to a lab and test out whether it's pure CBD or it has higher levels of THC, which is dangerous to them. So uh, there is a need for higher regulation.
0: Right. And Ms. Chang, the government is uh, basically planning to ban CBD products in Hong Kong because uh, um, they found a, a third or more of uh, such products uh, they seized over the past three years actually contain traces of what you're talking about, THC, the, the active ingredient in marijuana. Um, is it common for traces of THC to be found in CBD oil products? Yes, it is quite common.
3: Uh, because you will see there is an acceptable level, as what Ms. Chang was saying. And uh, how can we guarantee that it's within the normal, uh, regulated, uh, safe range. Uh, that is the issue I think the government wants to tackle. And uh, definitely uh, to ensure the safe and uh, use of medicines and supplements, uh, we would help uh, to see how we can high, have high levels of regulations and ensure the products that are available online and in the retail market uh, meet those criteria to protect public health.
0: And is it actually... Um, difficult or easy to separate a THC from CBD oil? I mean, is it a difficult process? Well, it is a process
3: because um, the manufacturers will have to go through a process of extraction, and that will cost money. And to ensure uh, the levels of extraction and the quality of the final product meets those criteria also cost money. So if it's not regulated, then how are we going to be able to uh, manage and control uh, the products uh, are in within the safety range, which is available to the public in the retail sector and online.
0: And, and would a, a trace amount of THC have any uh, psychoactive effects or make you high?
3: Well, it will make you high with more than 0,3, 0.3%, as we said, uh, according to the uh, the evidence that we see. So, But more or less is because of the long-term use, because if people use it on a long-term basis, they will have these uh, psychoactive uh, effects in the long term which includes uh, lowering the ability to respond. Uh, you will have uh, disorders like um, more, uh, slower reaction, and then uh, it, will, it will affect the whole, um, the uh, the neuropsychiatric uh, mechanisms in the body. So it really affects the body in the psychiatric and the psychiatric uh, responses. So that we are very concerned about. Yeah. in the long
0: term. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's bring in Miss um, Wong from uh, the Kelly Support Group. Miss um, Wong, good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, what's your view on this? I know you support the proposed ban on CBD products.
4: Um, I think it from our perspective um, at Kelly's Support Group, uh, having uh, a, a law and a ban like this um, is definitely an interesting one because it's, it's speaking to the fact that we are assuming that CBD is the reason why young people are being addicted to drugs. And I think at this point in time, I think that there's a lot of different things actually that are um, affecting young people and the reasons why they're becoming addicted to drugs. You know, um, we definitely share the concern that um, you know there's more and more young people in Hong Kong that are taking cannabis, you know. Um, but in terms of CBD, uh, you know, we're, we're actually unsure because there, there's not a lot of evidence and research that's showing a direct correlation of young people taking CBD and therefore becoming addicts. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, we, as we're doing drug education, we, we are actually wanting more of this as well, because in order for us to do effective drug education, we actually need to have such data to be able to explain it to young people as well. But something you know, something
1: young- very concerning, Sky, is that I was looking at the Heavens Please uh, website, Denise's website, Uh, which has a lot of CBD products. But if you go to the Daily Essentials part of that website, there's only three products and they're king size rolling papers. Now, you know, king size rolling papers are not used for sort of medicine. They are used for one thing only. And so that is a real concern that young people are getting, you know, attracted by the gummy bears in the bookstop shops. And then there are rolling papers for sale. and, And, you know, perhaps that leads to drug experimentation.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think that, you know, again, of course, anecdotally, I I think we can definitely see that happening. Um, But I think that we we actually need a little bit more as well, right? So we also need to be able to see, you know, how young people are going to be, you know, for for such a situation like this, we need to understand, you know, sort of how we're educating them around this issue. Because I think that um, there's actually a lot of products that have been in Hong Kong for much more than since 2019, you know, and we've been talking about this with young people for quite a number of years already um, and trying to help them to understand, you know, the differences between CBD, THC um, and cannabis, you know, and trying to break all of that down for them. And and that's something that, you know, we're seeing, you're right, you know, young people will look at some things like this and also young people are looking at things around the world as well. And I think that, you know, at the moment, for us, you know, we're most concerned about the potential hidden drug use that might actually happen in the end. Right now in Hong Kong, um, drug use amongst young people is already a problem in the sense that we're most concerned, uh, those of us who are working with youth, about the hidden use. Um, in this situation, uh, we're actually concerned that you know, if we have a law like this, It will just further exacerbate um, the hidden drug use problem without us realising or understanding how we can actually be supporting them around this issue. So So I feel like, you know, there needs to be quite a bit of conversation that needs to happen as well, and how we approach um, teaching young people to understand the differences and to differentiate, to understand, you know, okay, you see a gummy bear, you know, but actually be able to help them walk through that process of decision. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you think it might push it underground. And also, of course, banning it might make it very much more appealing to, uh, to young people.
4: Exactly. And that's actually, um, for us doing drug education, you know, that, that's actually the most concerning thing, you know, because young people actually respond to a lot of these types of things, you know. And, and right now, we already have an issue with the illegal use of, you know, cannabis. Cannabis, we know, is already an illegal substance. THC is already under the dangerous drugs ordinance. And we're seeing an increased use of this. So to add yet another thing to it, I feel like it's continually going to exacerbate, you know, what's an existing happening problem. Um, But I also understand at the same time why we are wanting to move towards this direction. But I think that, you know, there could be a lot of other things that we could be doing too.
2: Um,
4: and, And it's really key for us to understand why these young people are taking drugs in the first place you know, and is a law going to actually um, stop it? Or are there other things that we could be doing as well and examining in society that will actually prevent that?
1: Right, and we still have cigarettes sold at child head height in 7-Elevens or across the whole, the whole city. So it seems a bit strange yes. to, be, yeah, to be targeting one thing.
4: Yes. So even if we do have a law, let's just say the law does get passed, right? My question then is who's going to actually manage that law and to make sure that young people are actually not getting access? That CBD-based products with THC are not getting into the market. That actually young people will not be able to find it in Hong Kong. I think that's actually an even more crucial question to ask. Because you can enact a law, but you know if we're not uh, following it, then young people are still going to be able to get access. And actually, we're doing a disservice to young people if they end up being able to access it um, and they end up being breaking the law.
0: Ms. Chang, um, what do you what do you what's your view? I mean, you said uh, you believe CBD products uh, should be uh, better regulated, um, but uh, do you think uh, CBD products should be included in the Dangerous Drugs Ordinance?
3: Well, I think uh, right now there are several uh, levels that we have to uh, address this issue with. Firstly, it's about the accessibility of the CBD products and CBD products that have THC in unknown uh, levels. Uh, we have to first do it on uh, a, a product uh, safety uh, level. So basically the Department of Health should look into how to, let's say, rescheduling the products into the, into the law or maybe how to monitor the, uh, the uh, safety of the products uh, that's being sold in Hong Kong. So that's one level. Second level is about the education around the whole thing about recreational drug use. Uh, basically recreational uh, drug use is not supported. Uh, drugs should be used for, uh, uh, certain reasons, such as for, uh, medical reasons. So, uh, we're trying to educate the public, including the young children, that basically drugs are used for, uh, helping, uh, health. So basically it should not be used for recreation. So, and then the, also the third level is about, uh, how the consumer is receiving the information. Are they receiving information, uh, which are factual? Uh, do they, are they being naive, uh, into thinking that the PPP products, uh, which do not, und- which do not, uh, have, uh, the, um, the regulation of how much THC is in there is safe for you? Uh, is it good for them? So there are these three levels that we're, uh, on an association level, on a pharmacist level, that we're trying to address the issue with. It's an issue that's being addressed by many countries around the world, uh, different countries in the United States, Australia, are receiving CBD as a way of uh, managing medical conditions. And they're legalizing it, uh, having qualified doctors prescribe it, certain pharmacies are able to dispense it. Uh, so they're, they're able to do this successfully, step by step. But then, of course, it cannot be in a, in a way of confusion for the public to think that CPD products, all of them, are safe for use. Uh, they need to understand there are certain conditions in which they can be used uh, uh-huh. safely and effectively. So that's the role of the pharmacist.
0: All right, uh, let's go back to, um, to Ms. Tan. Let's see what she has to say. Ms. Tan, we just heard what uh, Ms. Chang feels about this uh, proposed ban and what uh, what Ms. Su thinks. Uh, how do you feel about the uh, proposed ban on CBD products? Well, uh, well,
3: the
2: proposed ban, we would have no choice but to follow the regulation changes when it's in effect. However, um, as Ms. Tang has said, there According to different laws and regulations, in other countries of the world, the government has allowed different and varied levels of acceptable THC level percent in the product. Such as U.S., they allow up to 0.3% THC. In the Europe, it's up to 0.2%. In Switzerland, it's up to 1%. And looking at um, Asian countries, for example, Taiwan is up... It's allowed up to 0.0001%. Um, I think our government should come to a conclusion uh, which level of THC amount is okay to have in DVD products.
1: Right, and because it's very, it's very uh, difficult to, to extract, isn't it? To which amount
2: of THC level that can be used pharmaceutically and yeah. uh, as a prescription uh, that is available through doctors
3: and so on.
1: Yeah, yeah, because at those levels, at 0.3%, you know, you're not going to be distilling it at home to get the THC out. You'd be better off going and finding a a drug dealer, wouldn't you? I mean, it's not really a problem at that that level. So why do you think the government's uh, taking this very hardline sort of zero approach? There's no absolute zero in science, so I don't understand
2: what they mean by zero THC. At this point. Yeah.
1: Do you know Do you know the levels of THC in the products that you're selling? I mean, how confident are you of the of the levels? How are they How are they assayed or measured?
2: Uh, we all have uh, lab tests done for the products, and um, which you can see on the uh, lab tests the cannabinoids amount and the level percent in each product. And we have this tested as as low as the possible amount so that we make sure that there's no THC percent in the uh, product. And for isolated product, they are hardly able to have any THC percent because with current uh, extraction technology, you are able to extract um, cannabinoids from hemp both with THC and CBD present or without because there are they are available in full spectrum, broad spectrum, and isolated
1: form. Mm. What do you think, Denise, about the, the link between drug use and CBD? I was talking about the rolling papers that you're selling on your website, for example. I mean, are you encouraging drug use with that?
2: Rolling papers are not um, not just for drug use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there are actually many things it can be used So what used are they used for?
1: for? It can be for herbs. Right. Right.
0: And, uh, Ms. Tam, I was just wondering... There uh, are no
2: evidence of uh, linkage of drug use and CBD use at this moment. There are, there are no reports or evidence seen around the linkage between these two, the relationship. Of
1: what do you think about that, Skye? Um, what about these claims?
4: I think it's really a difficult one because, you know, um, with with cannabis in. Sh- it's still very new around the world in terms of the research for or against it, you know. And I think that that's actually what has made it really difficult um, for us actually doing education with young people because you will look for what you want to find, Mm. right? So if you are a young person and you're convinced that it's great for you because of, you know, things that you're seeing, things that being advertised, things that are made accessible to you, you know, so then, you know, you would naturally look for all the research that helps you. And if you feel like it's really bad for you, you'll go and look for the research that, you know, will prove it. And the thing is that there isn't actually mature enough research for or against the issue, you know. And so I understand why, you know, why, um, why people would be really concerned because, you know, for anyone who is concerned with the well-being or welfare of young people, you'd want to make sure that they're safe. I think and at the same time, again, you know, um, I think it's really important that we do focus around how we actually educate young people about what they are seeing what is being made available and accessible to them and what is being introduced to them as well yeah, and I you thought, know, and help them to make those decisions
1: right what you said about uh, finding out why do people take drugs was very interesting because in the UK the anti drug message is very much this is bad for you it will hurt your your brain and your heart and your liver or whatever it doesn't really mm-hmm. go into the, the, the reasons people might it do doesn't. that right so yeah. uh, do you think we, actually yeah, yeah.
4: And actually, Hong Kong takes very much a similar line, right, mm. as the UK. Um, you know, most of our, you know, open advertisements and we focus on what drugs will do to your body. Mm. And therefore, as a result, the rationale is don't do it. But I think, you know, you know, you know young people today are actually very health conscious, right? And, and, you know, in our work, sometimes young people will actually look at sort of um, the different things that are in front of them, and they will make a decision based on their health. The next generation is actually much more mel- more health conscious, which is why you can see a lot of marketing is all, all around health products as well, right? Um, but I think the key thing here, again, is to understand, you know, if, you, if we are wanting to prevent young people from using substances and we want to prevent them from getting becoming addicts, we actually have to look at all the factors that actually affect them, um, inevitably leading them down to that path. You know, you know, one of the factors, for example, can include, you know, having a parent that also uses substances, right? Whether it's alcohol or cannabis or other substances, right? Um, another factor for it could be, you know, that they're in a, that they've had a traumatic um sort of circumstance that they've been a part of having gone through something traumatic and that could be also a factor that will affect a young person or if they feel very isolated and they don't have a good support system and you know and, and they're they have pressure points you know it makes them high risk to things like substance use you know and so I think that we have to think of you know Combating youth drug addiction um, in a more holistic manner as well, uh, and, and 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 of course accessibility to substances is one of the things. But at the moment, again, like I'm saying, you know, you know, this is just a proposed law. But at the moment, you know, I'm not even sure, you know, where we would stand about defining whether or not CBD is a drug or not. Uh, from the sounds of it, there's still a healthy ongoing debate that's happening, mm. right?
0: right. And uh, Ms. Tam, what I wanted to ask you before was uh, um, basically uh, about uh, whether you've been speaking to other retailers of of, uh, CBD products or or customers about this uh, proposed ban and and what has been their response? Um, A lot of consumers and um,
2: retailers are unclear of their regulations and their proposed ban. what is allowed and what is not allowed is not clearly communicated to the industry and consumers. Right. That's why there is, it is creating great confusion among
0: like, the public. Right. It, it seems like it's the sale and uh, the even the possession of such items would be illegal in future. I mean, if, if that is the case, I mean, what will, what will happen to many of these shops who who just sell CBD products?
2: actions um, across the, the past uh, two years a lot of shops have closed down and a lot of people who have been um, a lot of consumers who have using um, CBD products as a health alternative to help regulate their um, endocannabinoid system which is our important very most important neural and immune regulator system to help with their health issues will lose a healthy alternative because they do not re- want to resort to prescription drugs.
1: Okay. I had a question for Iris as well. We just had a lot of uh, promotion of Chinese medicine in Hong Kong lately, and a lot of this seems uh, without sort of scientific backing. We got the government sent everyone in Hong Kong the uh, Lin Hua Xin Wen uh, tablets. A lot of that the marketing around that looks very much like the marketing around cbd so i mean what's the difference between those sort of uh, products there but they're all herbal right iris
3: many, yes many of the herbal medicines uh we are still in the early stages of research and um, we're seeing uh, differing results some of them are coming up with oh it doesn't really help that much uh and some of them are saying that some patients are experiencing positive results from it so everything is not uh, with a, a lot of scientific tracking. So basically, I think if anyone who wants to take the CBD products or herbal medicines, they can talk to the pharmacist and find out what's the latest thing, and also about if it's safe for them to use and the benefits and the risks. That's one way of ensuring their own personal safety for consumers nowadays.
1: Right. Denise, could that be a business opportunity for you, you know, in the wellness space, you know, with the the tarot cards and the incense and then the Chinese medicine instead of the, the CBD? Would that work? Sorry? Do you think China, do you think Chinese medicine could fill the gap for that that CBD if CBD is banned? Do you think you could uh, try new products?
2: Well, uh, different kinds of herbs work differently on our body system. But what cannot replace cannabinoids is that our own body we produce endocannabinoids and CBD. These are and um, these are phytocannabinoids which can be uh, replenished and the receptors all over our body can process and absorb uh, phytocannabinoids in uh, in exchange to our shortage of producing of endocannabinoids, which this cannot be um, replaced by other kinds of herbs because they can deeply influence our immune responses functions and accompanied diseases. So that's why it's a very important herb and kind of Compound, chemical compound uh, that helps regulate our health.
0: All right, uh, Ms. Tam, uh, we'll have to leave it here for now. And and, uh, thanks again for joining us this morning. And that's uh, Denise Tam, the co-founder of Heavens Please, a CBD beauty and lifestyle platform. And uh, also many thanks to Iris Chang, the president of the Practicing Pharmacists Association of Hong Kong, and Sky Siu, executive director of the Kelly Support Group. And of course, also many thanks to you for your emails and messages and uh, to my co-host James and my producer Yuki. And uh, now the weather, it will be cloudy with uh, a. Occasional showers. The uh, top temperature will be around 28 degrees, winds moderate to fresh south to south And the outlook, heavy showers and squally thunderstorms in the next couple of days. Sunny intervals with a few more showers early next week. Right now with uh, 28 degrees, relative humidity 86%.
1: The elderly are at high risk of life-threatening conditions from COVID-19. The virus can damage one's heart, lungs and brain. It may cause